Praise the Lord, and welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and as always, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this day, and I thank you for all your wonderful gifts and blessings that you've given me. And God, I thank you for this, uh, getting ready to start a new year, God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just be with each and every one in the world, dear God. Lord, that you will just help them, dear God, to start the new year out right, dear God. Lord, start it out with, uh, with you, dear Lord, asking you to come into and be in complete control of their heart and their life, dear God. And, Lord, I just thank you, God, for this another privilege to go out by way of podcast. Lord, now I ask that you just touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that I will speak the words, dear God, that you have, that you want us to hear, dear Lord, so that someone, dear God, may get something out of this. They may be lifted up or draw closer to you, dear God, whatever it may be, God. I pray, Lord, that you just meet the needs of each and every listener, Lord, no matter what they are, and bless them, dear God. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Uh, Moses is still uh, trying to get everybody's attention and uh, uh, go over everything that has happened uh, in the past 40-some years since they left Egypt and tell them what they need to do to... Uh, for God to continue to bless them and to uh, for them to prosper and multiply in the new land and the new place they're going to. Um, and, you know, uh, and one thing that Moses is trying to get across here uh, more than anything is, is when we get into this promised land, when we get into this place where that we're, we're the closest that we've ever been with the Lord and, and we just continue to get closer, when we get to that point, to where his blessings are flowing and and we are on a on a first name basis and we talk with him daily i talk with the lord daily and and he meets our needs and he blesses us when we get to that place our lives are going to have to to make a to get to that place our lives are going to have to make a big change we can't live life as we uh, normally did back before we crossed over jordan uh, back before we crossed over into the promises of God, we can't live like we did before. We're going to have to change our ways, and we're going to have to uh, become a better person, become a peculiar person, come out from among the world and be a separated people, quit our grumbling and complaining and backbiting and gossiping and all of those things, and folk get put our focus on God and God only, and walk in his statutes and in his commandments and uh, do away with the world, get completely away from the world. Don't, you know, we, we are in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. We are, we are to be a separated people. We are to come out and live a, a completely different life than what the world is living. And that's, that's the one thing that Moses is trying to tell the children of Israel that they can't be like they were. They can't uh, uh, be causing trouble and, and backbiting and and um, questioning everybody's authority and because they think they can do things better. And, you know, that that's our one thing as human beings. Uh, our one biggest thing that we have is 
we uh, think we can do everything better than than God can. I mean, let's face it, you know, because uh, the Lord tells us he wants us to do something and we we immediately begin to tell him of what we want to do because we don't know nothing about what he wants us to do. We don't know how to do that. And we we don't we um, we have never done that, and we don't know anything about it. So we immediately tell the Lord what we are going to do because that's what we know about. But that's not what God wants you to do. When He tells you He wants you to do a certain thing, that's what you're going to do if you're going to get into the Promised Land and you're going to get the blessings uh, that you uh, that the Lord has in store for you. And you're going to have to follow him, um, and not you can't you can't deviate from the left or to the right just because you think it's better to, to go that way than he does. You can't go around the mountain when you come up to it. You've got to climb that mountain, and you've got to get on top of that mountain. And at some point in time, you have to come down the other side. You can't go around it because it, it's not going to work. Just the same way, if you want if you want salvation, you're going to have to come by Jesus, and you're going to have to give your heart and life to Him. You're going to have to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. You're going to uh, ask Him to come in and live in your life and take control of your life and and lead, guide, and direct, and teach you in the way that He would have you to go. And you're going to have to leave the world alone. You can't you can't dabble in the world, and and serve Christ too. You can't you can't uh, go out to the beer joints and uh, uh, and all these different things that we did we did when we was out in sin. We can't do those things no more because we have got to become a separated people, and that's that's what Moses is trying to tell them. And we have to walk in those ways. And as long as we walk in those ways, God will bless us and God will use us. Yeah, we're going. We're going to make mistakes, and we're going to fail. Um, that's part of learning. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, salvation and being a child of God, uh, a new job, um, everything, life in general. Everything that we do is a learning process. We fail. We we mess up. We need to learn from those mistakes and those failures and those mess ups. And we need to learn not to do them again and uh, learn that what we need to do to get uh, uh, forgiven of those things. Uh, you know, and it, it's a very simple thing. But the one main thing is, is we have got to want to serve God and to do away with the world. We can't, we can't do both. We're not going to be able to do both no matter what happens. But we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And that's, the preachers sometimes say that's all for free. Now we're going to get into the meat of the, of the lesson. <laughs> uh, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. Keep them always. You can't keep them when it's appropriate for you. You can't keep them when it's good for you. Uh, you can't uh, uh, say, well, you know, today I've got to do this and I, I'm going to have to leave my Christianity, my Christianity, my salvation at home. I can't take it with me because I can't do my job and be a Christian too. Well, 
<laughs> You've got a problem. Because in all things, no matter what we do, we need to live a Christian life. And God says, keep his, keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. Always. Every day, every minute of every day, every second of every day, keep those. Live them. Remember them. Study them. And the only way you can study them is read God's Word. The only way you can find out exactly what they are is read God's Word and pray and ask God to give you the interpretation of His Word. Ask Him to open up His Word. It's, it's really very simple. Uh, if you are a Christian and you ask God to show you His Word, it's just, it's just the most simple book that you'll ever read in your life. But if you try to do it on your own, it does not make sense. It contradicts itself. Uh, I can go on and on if we do it in self. But when we ask God to show us the interpretation of it and to lead and guide and direct us and give us the knowledge of his word, it all makes perfect sense, and it's, it's the simplest book it ever was to read and understand. And now I know ye this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his miracles, and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh and the king of Egypt, and unto all the land, and what he did unto the army of Egypt, and to their horses and their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord had destroyed them unto this day, and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place, and what he did unto Dothan and Abram, the son of Elab, the son of Reuben, how he opened, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their households and their tents and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Now Moses, they're all together, and Moses is talking to them, and he said, Now, I'm not talking to your children. I'm not talking to those that haven't seen what's going on. I haven't, I'm not talking to those that seen how we came out of Egypt. I'm not talking to those that uh, seen how that God chastised and, and how he moved and, and how he supplied our every need. I'm not talking to those. I'm talking to those that have seen with their own eyes exactly what's going on. Okay, now then. In other words, he's not talking to the younger generation. He's talking to the older generation. The older generation, it's your, it's your responsibility, mom, dad, it's your responsibility to tell your children about the Lord and teach them in the, in the ways of the Lord and live a life in front of them to where your life backs up what you say. If you do not live what you are trying to teach them, they will not learn what you are trying to teach them, but they will learn what you are living. So our, our, best, our best 
teaching that we ever that we could ever do to our children is live a life a godly life in front of them to where that they will understand that this is the way that they need to live this is what they need to do and, you know the bible says if you bring a child up in the ways they, they won't depart from it they will they may they may get out in sin and they may partake of the world but let me tell you something from experience, that those things that you and uh, as you as parents teach your kids will never leave them. It will always be in the back of their mind. They will always know that they are doing wrong. I know this from experience. I was brought up in a Christian home as for as long as I can remember, and. When I was out in sin and I was doing the things that I shouldn't be doing, there was always this thought in the back of my head that this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. And it, 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 really, it really pestered me and it really aggravated me because this thought was continually in my mind that I should not be doing these things. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Yeah, I, they may go out and sin. They may play around with the world, but they will not forget what you have taught them up to that point. And this is, this is what Moses is saying. He said, I'm not talking to them. It's your job to tell them all that the Lord done and, how, and all the different things that he done for us and how he has blessed us and, and uh, all the chastisements when we messed up, uh, how he chastised us. They need to know about these things. It's, it's your duty as parents to teach the kids because you've seen it. Even though you were small, you've seen all these things that went on. Now then, you need to teach your kids your children what went on you need to teach your children exactly what the lord can do for them you need to tell them about this you need to tell them about the commandments and the judgments you need to to do this daily as a matter of fact as we go on it says we uh, uh keep them in your thoughts when you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning and all day long keep those things in your in your thoughts and and teach your kids and tell your kids these things during the day just don't tell them one time and send them off to church by themselves while you go out and live like the world because you ain't, you ain't taught them nothing. You have taught them nothing because when it comes out, they're going to remember how you lived more than what was going on in church. Uh, they will remember those things, but they will remember more that they can live that life that you are living and not really have to go to church. Because you're you're letting them you're making them think that you know uh, you can live either way you want to, and everything's going to be all right, which is not right. But he said, "I'm talking to you, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which He did. Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day." that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whether you go to possess it, and that ye may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. A land of, of unspeakable peace, a land of unspeakable joy, 
a, a land that you, a place to where you get to in your Christian life that, uh, I mean, everything, uh, it, it's really hard to explain. Everything is just about as perfect as it's ever going to get upon this earth. Sure, you have, you still have heartaches. When the children of Israel went in and possessed the land, they had to go in and they had to physically take this land from the inhabitants of the land. <coughs> Excuse me. God said, I, I'm going to give you the land, but you're going to have to go in and possess it. I'm not going to drive the people out because if I do, by the time you get in and you possess all of it, uh, it's going to be all grown up and, and uh, the vineyards and olive yards and all those things, they're all going to be uh, uh, overtaken with briars and, and everything else. And it's, it's going to be worthless. It's going to be more work for you if you will go in one by one and take out each and every one of the inhabitants of this land it will be a, a lot less work on you then that way you can move right into their cities and their towns and their suburbs and and take over their olive yards and uh, their vineyards and all of this and and set up house and uh, have substance and everything that you need is already there all you have to do is just go in and take it it's it's already there the promises are already there for us. Everything that we need to, to grow stronger in the Lord and to uh, live for him is already there. Now it's time that we, go, we possess it. It's time that we take it. And the children of Israel have to actually do some work. They have to go through some battles. They have to go through some hard times. They still have to go through some learning. Uh, they get in trouble several times because... Uh, uh, well, mainly uh, they sinned. I mean, you can look at it any any different way you want to. Whether they start they started following other idols, or they done something that they wasn't supposed to, or in any way they didn't listen to the Lord, they sinned. And when they sinned, they got chastised again, as just as well as we do. And then they had to back up, regroup, uh, ask God to forgive them, and then listen to Him and move when he said move, and do what he said do in the way that he wanted it done. And, you know, it, it's it's really very simple, but we, like I said, we as children, we as mankind, we think that we know the best way to do everything. And we, uh, especially us men, we, we have a, a real bad habit of not wanting to ask for help because that, that, shows a sign of weakness on our part but really you know when we when we can't get to the point to where that we fall down on our knees and and tell god that god i need help there's no way that i can do this by myself i have tried i have made a mess out of it lord help me i, I surrender it to you now lord fix this for me please that's not a sign of weakness children of god that's a sign of strength because when you get to the point that you become humble as a little child and you, and you turn everything over to the Lord and you walk away from it, that shows great strength. Trust me. 
because the, our human nature is that we can fix this ourselves, and that a lot of times we try, or I do anyway. A lot of times I think, well, I can fix this, and no problem, and I'm going to do this. But really we can't because we need to realize that with us, very little is possible, but with through and by Jesus Christ, all things are possible. He can do, he can do when there is no way. He can fix things when we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. He can he can take us and direct us to the light at the end of the tunnel. And when we come out on the other side, because we have become humble as a little child, we come out stronger, and we come out. Uh, closer to the Lord, and we come out better off all the way around because that we we gave up, said, Lord, I can't do this. This is up to you. You take care of it. And we need to listen to the Lord and let and listen so that when he tells us what to do, we will... We will know his voice, and we will be in tune, and we we then can move. Uh, you know, we can start that journey. You know, as we go down, as we go on this journey to heaven, there's many other journeys that we go on as we're on this one. Um, you know, just like I said, the Lord taught, uh, called me to preach. I've preached, and I've, I've sung in a quartet. I, I am now teaching Sunday school and teaching and teaching on this podcast. So there, I have had many different journeys that I have went on in my life and am going on in, in my life as I walk this one path to heaven. But that's what the Lord wants us to do. He just don't want us to get on a path and, and find a place to sit down and sit down and, and wait on the Lord to come and get us. He wants us to to get on that path and walk toward him, to walk toward heaven, to walk toward a better life, to walk toward uh, a perfect salvation and a perfect life. No, we're not going to have it here, but we can get just as close to perfect as we can if we strive to and want to. And, you know, we that's the one thing about it. That's That is the one key that... I have figured out in my life anyway, the one key to my uh, land of Canaan is I have got to want to do the things that God wants me to do, and I have got to want to live a Christian life, a better life, and get closer to Him. I've got to want to. i got to do away with everything of the world and, and forget all of that stuff and, and walk and journey toward the Lord and to His greatness and to His glory. Uh, prolong your days for the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out where thou sowedest the seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs but the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven and the land which the Lord thy God careth for the eyes of the Lord God, Lord thy God, are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year.
He said, now I want, I want, you, I want you to realize something. You've not been in this land. You don't know exactly all about the different types of, of agriculture and, and growing things. But he said, this, this, this land's not like Egypt. It is totally different from Egypt. There you planted your seeds and everything, and then you had to carry water to irrigate, or you had to get water some way to the, to the crops to water them, uh, probably on a daily basis. And you had to do this. This was some hard work. But he said, now here, he said, it rains. It rains upon the crops. It rains on the mountains. It rains in the valley. And it, it waters the crops for you. You don't have to carry the water. You don't have to figure out how to try to make an irrigation system for to get this, this water into your to your crops. It don't matter where you grow at, whether you're uh, in the middle of the land that I give you far away from a, a stream or river or, or uh, ocean or whatever. It does not matter. Stuff is going to grow all over the land I give you because I've got my eyes upon it. I am given rain to water your crops and so that your crops can grow big and healthy and, and plentiful. And you and you keep the weeds out of it and you plant and you prune, do the normal things. But as far as the watering goes, I've got that under control. And I will send the rain and I will keep my eyes upon it. And I'll know, I'll know when it needs watering and I'll water it. You don't worry about that. And, you know, our lives are, are like those crops. You know, we, we can either do things ourselves to think that we have salvation or we can let the Lord take care of our growing spiritually and let him water us and let him uh, cultivate us and let him prune us and make us bigger and stronger. And, you know, when it comes down to pruning, uh, you know, when you go in and you prune your uh, your your uh, different trees and stuff like that, you've got to cut off all these little shoots that's coming out all over. They've got to be physically cut off. So, yeah, sometimes the pruning that we get from the Lord, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's, it's going to sting. But the Lord said, that's all right. I've got it under control and I know just exactly what I'm doing. And when I when I get finished pruning you, you're going to be a lot lot more healthier in the Lord. You're going to be a lot stronger in the Lord, and you're going to produce more fruit. And you know that's that's the one thing that that scares a lot of Christians to death today. And they they don't really want the Lord to prune us because when He does. We're going to have to do a little bit more work because we're going, we're going to have to produce a little bit more fruit. And, you know, that, that's one thing that scares a lot of us to death is, is doing for the Lord, speaking to people that we have no idea who they are, living a life to where people won't talk about us and won't uh, make fun of us. But, you know, hey, listen, they did Jesus that way every day. They sought to kill Jesus just about every day of his life because he was upsetting everybody's religious apple carts because he was living a totally different life from everybody else and he was, he was doing great and mighty things that nobody else could do 
and they and they were upsetting everybody's religious apple carts, and they they sought to get rid of him. And I'm no better than he is. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm uh, I'm way down on the totem pole from where Jesus is. But if they done that to him, they're going to do that to us too. But that's all right. In the end, I win. In the end, I come out on top. So let them make fun of me. Let them talk about me. Uh, you know, I've always said if somebody's talking about me, they're leaving somebody else alone for a little while anyway. But, you know, go in and possess your your land of plenty. Go in and possess your land of your greatest blessing. Go in and possess that land where that flows with milk and honey where you, your soul can feast off of it and grow stronger and, and grow in the Lord. And and the stronger you are, the more that you're able to do. And the more, the more that you do, the stronger you get. And see, it's, it's a never-ending circle, but we have to want to. We've really got to want to. We, you know, if we... If we if we go up and ask God to forgive us of our sins because we think that uh, we have to, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. If we think that we have to do that because of mama and daddy, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. If we think that we have to do that because mama and daddy or the preacher told us that that's what we need to do, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. We want we need to go and give our heart and life to God and let him be in charge of it because we want a better life. We want the blessings of the Lord and we want heaven to be our home when we leave this world. So, you know, it's not something that we do it because somebody else wants us to. We do it because we want to do it. And when we get to the point of where that we're living for the Lord because we want to, then it's a whole different ballgame. God can use us and God can bless us and God can get us to that place, uh, that, that spiritual land of milk and honey, that spiritual Canaan. But we have to want to, just as the children of Israel did. See, they didn't want to go into it the first time because they, they, they heard about all these people that was in the land that was so much mightier than they are and so much bigger than they are. You know, the old saying is, the heart, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Now, just ask David, about, little David, about that. He can tell you all about that because he went up against that giant. And what happened? He fell. One stone, but he fell because he went up against him with the Lord on his side, not with his power, not with his might, not with his knowledge, but he went up against him with God on his side. That's what we need to do. We need to fight Satan, not with our knowledge, not with our uh, learning, not with our strength, not with nothing that we have. We need to fight Satan with God. We need to ask the Lord to help us fight Satan. You know, Satan tried. Satan tried to tempt Jesus. If you remember, he was up on the mountain for forty days and forty nights fasting, and and after he got finished fasting, he was hungry. And that when Jesus was at his lowest point, you know, he was he was a little weak. He was human. He was weak because he hadn't had any food for forty days. He was weak, 
And Satan caught him at his lowest point and tempted him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus quoted scripture to Satan. We can't quote scripture to Satan if we ain't never read it or heard it or studied it. So we need, I'm going back to this again. I mean, here we go. You, you already know what I'm going to say. Read, study, pray every day. Every day. Pray and ask God to give you the understanding of his word and read and study his word. It may not make sense to you today, but it will one day. Read it. Read it. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you don't understand it at the moment. It will come back to you when you least expect it and when you need it. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in, due, in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, and I will send grace in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Here again, just in a couple of chapters, several times, the Lord is telling them, if you are hearkening to my, diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He's telling them again. Why? Because we have to be uh, reminded of things so very much. You know, I, I asked the Lord um, several times, why is it that the things that I say and the preachers that I hear preaching, they have basically got the same message? And it all boils down to be about the Father's business and doing what the Lord wants you to, wants you to do, reading and studying your Bible and praying. Why is it every time I go to church or every time I hear a message, Every time I, I do a teaching or something, those words come out because he is trying, the Lord is trying to get us to understand it's time to go to work. Christians, we've sat around, we've slept, we've slumbered, we've waited on the Lord to move. Now then, it's time that we go to work. We have got promises that have been promised to us we have got blessings that have been promised to us, but he is not going to give them to us by us just sitting around and waiting on them. We have to take them. We have to take them. So that means we've got to wake up, shake ourselves, loose ourselves, get up off our seat to do nothing, and move. We've sat around long enough. We sat around and we slumbered around. They took prayer out of school. They took the, the Ten Commandments out of the, out of the courthouses. Uh, they have uh, 
took prayer and Bible out of school. They, they, they've done all these things while we, as Christians, we slumbered and slept and we let them do these things. And then we tell ourselves, well, I had, I, there's nothing I can do. That's where you're wrong. You would be surprised what one sincere prayer will do to help this nation. But see, if we get one prayer started and we start talking to other people and they start praying and they start talking to other people and they wake up and they start praying, it's like a domino effect. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. But it's going to take somebody to get up off their seat and out of their bed, wake up, shake theirself, and put on the whole armor of God and go out and do battle to take the land and the blessings and, and the promises that God has given to us. He's not going to just hand them to you on a silver platter and you do nothing. You have got work to do. Children of God, get up, wake up, go to work. Put on the whole armor of God. Love the Lord your God with, and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Serve him with every fiber of your being. Look to him. Don't look to man. Don't, don't pay attention to what man thinks about you or cares about you. You know what I found out? Man, man can't do nothing to me. He can't do nothing to me unless my, my Savior wants him to. I figured this out. If you'll go back and you'll read Job with an open mind, you're going to figure out that nobody or, and even Satan himself can do anything to you until God gives him permission to do it. Sure, they can talk about you. Satan can tempt you. Big deal. That's all he can do. That's all he can do. The rest of it, the rest of it where you uh, you get all depressed and, and, and you say, oh, somebody's talking about me and gospel about me, that's all on you. you. You can't blame that on Satan. You can't blame that on other people. That's on you because you wanted to do that. You wanted to complain. You wanted, you wanted somebody to pay attention to you so you start complaining and, and all this other stuff. You know what? I, I really don't. I don't. I really don't care whether you all remember me. I don't care whether you pay attention to me. All I want you to do is pay attention to the Lord, to the words that the Lord has given me. Pay attention to what the Lord thinks about you. You know that's that's the one the one person that his what he thinks about you is the most important. In this world, what man thinks about you, it does not matter. But what does God think about you? You know, I, w I would love to know that God has the confidence in me that he had in Job. I would love to know that. But I'm not even sure of that myself. You know, could I, could I really stand on the promises of God and go through what Job did? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Job, he, he, he hated evil. He loved God. 
and he thanked God for everything that he had. And I, I can imagine him being like me. He just, he just cannot understand why that God has blessed him with so much because of who he is. Why is God using me? <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand that. I don't have confidence in myself, and I don't think very highly of myself. Well, let me tell you something. I know a man that walked this earth many, many years ago that I have the utmost confidence in. I have the utmost trust in. I have all my faiths in him because I know that he will never fail and he will never let me down and he'll always be there for me no matter what. And that's who I'm following. That's who I'm trusting in. Because when it all comes down to it, it's what God thinks about us. It's what Jesus thinks about us, not what man thinks about us. We're, we're, uh, when we get to heaven and we sit down and we go up against the white throne judgment and we're sitting there and God and the Heavenly Father is sitting there and Jesus is sitting there and they've got two books there between them. One of them is, his holy, is God's holy word, the Bible, and the other one is the book of life. And if your name, you're going to be judged out of this book, this Bible, you're going to be judged by this Bible. And if your name's not in that book of life, you're not going into heaven. I, I don't care how many times you went to church. I don't care how many thousands or millions of dollars you give to the church and the poor and everything else. If your name's not written in that Lamb's book of life, you're not going into heaven, period. He's going to look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you. So now you, you, you tell me something. Which is more important? Having God on your side or having man on your side? Man's going to fail you. Man will throw you under the bus. I don't care how good of a friend they are or how close they are to you. Your family members, your best friends, whatever. If they, if it comes to the point of them, it's them or you. You're gonna get thrown under the bus. Let me tell you, it, it, because man, this is the way man is has been raised ever since they were small. It's all about you getting your education. It's all about you getting a job. It's all about you getting a home and starting a family. It's all about you. Everything is about you. When everything ought to be about our Heavenly Father. When everything ought to be about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Man's going to fail us, but Jesus never will. He will be there no matter what comes. When everything seems to be falling uh, apart, the world's gone crazy, and your life is in the, in the, uh, in the dumps, and you don't know what to do, Jesus is right there, right beside you, going through the same things that you are, waiting on you to ask him for help. And he, he's waiting. And I mean, he's tensed up. And the very minute that he finds out that you're going to ask for help before you get the words out of your mouth, he's working. He's working. It may not happen just as soon as we ask for it, but it's going to happen because he has never failed me yet. He has never failed. He never will fail me. I will fail him, 
but he will never fail me because he said, I will, I will be with you always in even unto the end of the world. I will be with you. But the thing about it is, is at the end of this world, when everything's said and done and he's come after his people, I'm going to be in heaven with him. I'm going to physically see him. I'm going to physically be able to touch him. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the one thing that I am looking forward to more than anything else. And I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, please do not let me forget when I, when I get to heaven, two things I want to do. I want to bow down and kiss your feet. And I want to hug you. And thank you for what you've done for me. He has done so much for us. You say, well, he ain't done a whole lot for me today. Really? Are you alive and breathing? Yeah. You got a home? Yeah. You got you got food? Yeah. Yeah. Right there's some good blessings already. Not counting all the other things that he's done for you. Every breath you take, every time your heart beats, every time your eyes blink, every time your your joints move. See, each, each and every one of those things is a blessing every time it happens. See, we 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 think of blessings as, as some great thing, uh, um, some uh, great gift that God can give us. But, you know, if, when we get really get down to it, it's the little blessings that means the most. The little blessings, the heartbeats, the breaths you take. A roof over your head, a bed to sleep in, clothes on your back, food on your table. All those things mean more than than the fineries of this world. God will bless you, but you've got to want the blessings. You've got to work for the blessings. You just can't sit back and say, God, give them to me. Here I am. I've asked you, uh, forgive me of my sins. Now, I, I want everything you got for me. It don't happen that way. If we want to get into our land of Canaan, we're going to have to do some work. We're going to have to get off the seat of do nothing, wake up, trim our lamps, put on the whole armor of God, and go to battle. Because it is a battle. It's a constant battle every day. Thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. And until next time, may God bless you in a great and mighty way.